Welcome to the Bounty Zero X podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Adam, founder and CEO of Bounty Zero X. Bounty Zero X is a decentralized bounty hunting network powered by the BNTY token. Today is August 3rd, 2018, and my guest on the show is Martin Bratuskins. Martin is COO of Monetizer.io. In his role, he's responsible for global operations and customer success. He brings over five years' experience in building companies, customer and partner success, and in e-commerce and others areas. Martin plays a leading role in Monetizer, helping to move the company to the USA, onboarding major game studio customers, graduating the world's leading business accelerator tech stars, and spearheading efforts to enable developers to drive engagement and revenue. Monetizer.io is a blockchain game reward engine which rewards gamers with tokens for playing time and skill and increases engagement and revenue metrics for game developers and brands. So Martin, welcome to the podcast. Hey Angelo, thanks for having me. So the gaming industry is a massive $138 billion industry. There are over 2 billion gamers, ages range uh, widely, and there's a huge market. So how is Monetizer capturing this massive gaming market? That's a good question. So what we have been doing for the last two years at Monetizer is the the approach that we chose is to work with game developers and actually like integrate our solution, our technical solution inside their games, because that in, in our view, that is the best way how to address gamers themselves. So we add game by game. So currently we have 30 games on our platform already. Through these games, we are currently reaching 10 million gamers, 10 million active gamers that are playing those games. And uh, by adding more and more game developers on our platform, uh, we're planning to reach like a ever-increasing number of gamers this way. And uh, that enables us to also con- like have quite a lot of control about the experience that they have and make sure that they address the game developer's needs, that we address the gamer's needs, and then also in the future, we'll be ad- able to address the needs of, of brands and uh, different kind of companies that are advertising products inside games and make it into a much more seamless experience for everyone. Uh, so you're already in 10 games being used. Uh, so the engine is currently active in 10 games. It's 30 games already. Oh, okay, thirty games. Wow, so that's that's quite a bit. And so, when was the first one, and how did when did the how long have you guys been launched since you had the first game that you implemented? So the com- we started the company back in two thousand and sixteen. So actually, before onboarding any customers, we did a lot of customer development. We we went and talked with more than five hundred game studios with different sizes to kind of understand their needs and understand exactly how we can add most value for these companies. And uh, I'm happy to say that basically the monetizer's product is <laughs> like a, a product of collaboration from a lot of a lot of different game developers. And uh, once we had like uh, done interviews and understood the needs and uh, and the business uh, problems and uh, different kind of like other problems for these game developers. We came back to the drawing board and uh, we created an MVP, like a first minimum viable product back in 2016. 
started with small studios. Of course, the first studio was the, the hardest to get onboarded because there were no processes and uh, it was like a kind of like a discovery thing for us as well. But then as we had the first one, it showed good results at the first good case study. Then there was a second one then the third one. And then with each studio, it becomes easier and easier to, to onboard a new studio. Right now, the process is already very well understood and uh, improved by us and also our mentors from these Techstars programs and, and 500 startups and others that we that are in our community. And uh, we do keep improving, we keep onboarding bigger and bigger studios, but it's all very exciting. And I think that's, that's the way how we are going to reach first. Our next big milestone is 50 million user reach, then 100, and then more, obviously. <laughs> so... This dovetails into your your the answer you just gave. So, what is the story for Monetizer? Tell me a little bit about how the company started and how you guys, how all the co-founders met, and how you decided to start this company and where the idea came from. Basically, we uh, all of us had struggled with monetizing apps before Monetizer, so we had built uh, each each of us separately, uh, each of the founders separate, separately. Had had their own our own startups. I had like a um, an app which was like a col- collaboration app for for creative businesses. We reached quite significant user usage numbers, but we started thinking and focusing on monetization way too late, and so that didn't work out because of this. My co-founder Andres, who is the CEO of Monetizer, had a similar experience, and uh, our co- third co-founder Rainis who is the technical guru in our company, he had uh, like both this experience and then he also had built uh, blockchain-enabled and cryptocurrency-enabled products already back in 2013. So we met uh, when we were working for one company. and um, Which company was that? It was a yeah, like a European merchandising company, and uh, so we met there. And when then we started kind of experimenting about uh, with different kind of technologies with different kind of things that we could do. In the beginning, it was just like for almost for, for fun. Or we met over the weekends and kind of experimented. And then one iteration next led to another. So this was 2013? No, it, it was October so 2016 when we officially uh, started the company. And then we started, when we saw that there is, we have good feedback from the game studios that we had uh, started reaching out to, we saw that there's, there's a need here and there's a big need that needs to be addressed. Then we applied to multiple accelerators because like we are all coming from originally from Europe, from Latvia, which is a small country in Europe. And uh, we knew that even though the European market in general is, is bigger than the US market, it's, it's very fragmented. The US market from that perspective is much, much more similar and much more united. So you have one currency, one language, very similar, like legal legal things throughout the states. So that's why we knew that the US market is the the first big market that we want to address. So we started applying to different accelerators, which would be a way to get there, get the first bigger customers and so on. So that's what we did. We applied to multiple accelerators, went the typical startup route, got accepted to a few accelerators, figured out, like uh, found out which one is the best, joined and, uh, Came to the United States, uh, started uh, really like to take to take the business to the next level. Yeah, so you joined some accelerators, and Y Combinator, right, was one of the accelerators that you joined. 
So we have had uh, the the first accelerator was called Uptech. It's one of the top 30 U.S. accelerators. It's uh, it's a rather a smaller one, but at that point in time, it was really exactly what we needed. It gave us the right attitude, the right first connections, the right uh, thinking about the product and how to improve the product and how to get the customers customers on board. Then uh, after this one, there was this uh, uh, startup school by One Combinator, which we also participated in. And then we got accepted to Techstars, which had been our kind of like our goal accelerator for accelerators. <laughs> yeah, so why was Techstars your goal? What was unique about that one that really made you uh, excited about it? And when did you guys hear that you guys were announced and or, uh, accepted to it? So we actually, we we met the managing directors of Techstars Atlanta. Techstars Atlanta is the program that we, we went through. We met the managing directors. Uh, that was in Cincinnati, Ohio, where we met them. And uh, so I, I remember we were very excited when we got like uh, got the meeting. And then there was a huge, like a very very long and pretty tough uh, uh, process. I think there were six stages of interviews, where we for each stage we had to prepare different kind of materials. Like they were doing their due diligence. I mean, in a very deep level for for each of the processes for everything that we have done. Also for our future plans, and then in early 2017, we uh, we went through all this process. It was it took a few months, but then we got accepted and we went through the program, and that was the best thing ever. <laughs> and why TechStars? You asked. Uh, I think I don't know. For us, TechStars had always always been kind of like the one of the best accelerators that we wanted to go through. Uh, first of all, it's because it's very very highly rated. It's one of the top three accelerators in the world. Second of all, it has a huge network of um, the Techstars network is very, very huge and it's also very global. There are thousands and thousands of mentors, investors, people that can, um, and not not only in one specific geographic area, but all throughout the world, because they have programs uh, like multiple programs in the U.S., in Africa, in Europe, in in like I, I they also have a, a program in Dubai. So there's uh, this network was one of the main things what made Techstars so uh, basically so desirable for us because they can essentially they can open a lot of doors and they can open these doors very quickly and that's exactly what we needed at that time. Mm-hmm. So you went through Techstars and graduated and how long was their program? The Techstars program was uh, a three month program and that was uh, so the, the, uh, Techstars uh, because of Techstars we relocated to Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, we have been there ever since because Atlanta was like it. Uh, it created a good home for us, a good good hub. So we decided to stay there. So after you graduated, what developments did you make on the tech side while you guys were with the incubator with TechStars? From the tech side, we have always been um, improving the product from a technical side, and not only from the technical side, of course, but but that plays a big part, of course. So the first product which we launched during the first, I think. That was the end of 2016. We launched our first product. Looking back, it was was very simple, and uh, but it worked. It it got the we, we got the first customers with that product. We got the first sales. We reached our first milestones. We show we proved with numbers that the product works. We proved that uh, the the market is there, that the need is there. We learned a lot from it, and then during during TechStars, we improved it a lot. We created a whole new version. We 
we made it safer. We added support for the newest iOS versions, Android versions. I remember we added support for iPex as it came out. Even before it came out, we already we were already ready. And now, for example, now the next version that we're is currently in the works. We ha- we're working on a multi-language support, multi-currency support. Like basically, we have a step-by-step process which we're taking in terms of development. We're listening to our customers' feedback. We are very blessed with some customers who are very actively involved in the development process. Some customers really help us <laughs> in terms of uh, also writing code for them, uh, customizing the, the, the technical side for themselves, but also making it in a way that we can use it for others. So improving your product, <laughs> essentially. So did you get your first game design studio on board after Techstars or before Techstars? Oh, that was before Techstars. Techstars is kind of like a, what Techstars is best at. It's helping you scale and helping you really take the, the, the company to the next level. So it's um, you have to have a product. You have to have a, some kind of numbers, some working numbers. Uh, you have to show and have proof that when you scale this, when you open doors to these bigger game studios or whatever kind of customer you have, you can do it. If, the, if they open the doors, you will be able to uh, service that customer. So that's, um, that's what Techstars is for. And so now you have a number of high-profile advisors and team members who are involved or associated with some major game studios like Zynga yes. and uh, Activision, Blizzard, EA, which are all like major names in the gaming industry. Yeah. And so those were able to join. You got in touch with them through Techstars? Yes, yes. So we did. Not only through Techstars, but uh, I would say that it was during Techstars or after Techstars. Because, uh, so first of all, yes, some of them, we got connected with some of them through the Techstars network. And with some of them, we just, uh, you know, it, it's hard. To, sometimes it's hard to explain how you meet people and how you get to the right people. But it's just a matter of knowing who you want to reach. And then doing everything you can using all your connections, all your networks, all your communities to get to that person. And that's exactly what we did. So up until this point, you guys, when I say this point, I mean, I'm tracking from the time you guys graduated from Techstars. And when was that exactly? Was that in 2016? We graduated Techstars, I think it was, um, it was last October. So October 2017. Okay, so you had formed the company about a year prior and started working on it. And so you're a year into it, you graduate. And then you guys, up until this point, have not raised any funds from any investors? Or did you guys have any angel investors? Or where were you guys in your fundraising life cycle at that that stage? So we have had one investment round before, which was kind of like a pre-seed round, I would say. It was, uh, so we, ra- we we got some money also from accelerators, so from Techstars. Then we also, uh, right after Techstars, we raised uh, $750,000 from like basically the our Techstars network, the people that we worked closely with, <laughs> uh, they uh, they invested in us. So and that was an equity raise? Yeah, that was an equity raise. And um, that's, that's pretty much the only money that we have uh, raised so far. Okay, cool. And now starting the, the security token sale. Right. So you guys uh, raised only 750 and uh, had one like pre-seed round. And now you guys are uh, leading up to the uh, STO, the security token offering. And that's yeah. coming up. And, and the date for that is set for when? So right now, uh, currently we are in the private sale phase. 
we have already uh so that that has already been started we have uh, that that that's the phase that, that we are in right now and then in september we're going to start the like go from the uh, private sale into like a public pre-sale so that's 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 planned for september okay got it so maybe we should talk a little bit about how mobile ads are how they degrade the the game experience so if anyone has played any mobile games they notice that there frequently are ads embedded in the in the game and you can usually pay a premium to to remove the ads and what is the problem with that model so the the model the the problem is that um, first of all the gaming experience suffers because then you get these unrelated interruptions <laughs> no one likes to be interrupted when they're doing something and especially if the interruption has no no connection to what you're doing whatsoever so uh, we have been talking uh, besides talking to customers and investors we have also been talking to different companies different brands that are the ones that are buying these ads. And uh, what big companies from the Atlanta region, for example, that we have talked to, um, uh, like, I'm not going to say the names, uh, but there are some of the biggest uh, ads in the world. Uh, what they are well aware of is that this emotional connection between the gamer and the brand is not like it's a negative emotion when you're doing something and then you suddenly see an ad of you get interrupted in uh, in your gameplay it's not this moment this moment when this ad pops up it's not creating a positive emotion towards that particular end we know that the game developers don't like it we know that the gamers don't like it and we know that the brands are also not very fond of this this approach and uh, we also see this in numbers because mo- many of our customers are saying that the the ad rates that the money that they actually get for showing ads is going down every year, steadily down. We have even heard some some companies say that uh, they cannot fill all of the ad spots in their games, which is a metric that should be. You would expect that that fill for ads would be ninety nine point nine 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 percent, but it's not the case. So I think that's that's clearly shows that the industry is looking for an alternative. And one alternative that uh, Monetizer is, uh, is is developing is this native integration of products and uh, and brands inside the game. So don't think about a pop-up ad that pops on top of your content, but think about ads, that, not ads, but product or brand placements that are integrated into the gaming experience. So that, for example, the brand actually helps you or provides you with a reward or something that you can use inside the game to be better at the game. So that again, think about an ad creating uh, negative emotions towards the brand and a brand helping you advance in the game. A positive emotion for sure. So explain, let's break that down a little bit. So when a user is playing the video game, instead of showing them an advertisement, which as you say, degrades the experience, the alternative is to give them a reward for unlocking certain achievements. Yes, and then these achievements and these rewards can be can be uh, sponsored by brands. So, uh, for imagine like even even branded tokens or uh, like these game currencies that you can earn by playing the game. The brand gets their brand exposure. They you see the the uh, the particular brand that is adverti- not advertising but buying this brand exposure inside the game. You get exposed to the brand, 
Of course, it has to be contextually correct with what the game is. So you can't you can't have totally two conflicting uh, brand and the game uh, experiences. But essentially, the brand helps you advance inside the game, and that's that's exactly what we're after. And that's what from having conversations with some of the world's leading brand companies. That's also the direction where they're looking at. So, what would be like a a concrete example of how that would work, how it does work in in games now that you're working with. So can you give like an, a concrete example of that? So the, the, the branding piece is actually the third step of Monetizer. So the, the product that is already running and live in, with our 30 game studios is uh, where we reward gamers with, uh, with game branded products. So, so think about the game branded shirts, hats, hoodies, and different kind of Merchandise products that are game related, that are high quality, and uh, gamers can unlock them right inside the game and also get them right inside the game. The next step for us is adding to this, uh, this token model and this mining model where we can enable gamers to earn these rewards for free by playing the game. So essentially we reward them with tokens for playing the game. And then these token, they can exchange these tokens to, to these physical products right inside the game. Or if they choose to, they can even exchange them to Bitcoin or Ether or other currencies and kind of get get some real-life value out of these. Recently, just like earlier today, we launched a partnership with, with a company called uh, Digital Town, which uh, will enable gamers to spend their monetizer tokens that they earn through the games in real-life, like real-life physical local stores. So you will be able to play your game reach a certain level, get a reward in tokens, and then go to a coffee shop and spend those tokens for a coffee. So that's already in the works. Uh, and then the, the brand model is that think about companies like, I don't know, like Nike or Adidas or Under Armour that are, for example, producing uh, basketball shoes. These kind of products can be used inside basketball-related games to reward gamers with. Interesting. So... So when is the when is the date for the launch of the the cryptocurrency mining uh, portion of the app? Uh, so we are currently in a beta uh, testing phase of this feature, which will be seamlessly added to our uh, to our current technical solution. So all of the participating game studios will be able to switch or like go to the next uh, version very very easily. We are planning to have these tokens minted and distributed to the game studios by the end of this year. Okay. And so have you guys, what is the the strategy that you guys are going to be implementing to, I guess, combat this trend now with like the the app stores not allowing cryptocurrency mining apps? Yeah, that's a very good question. So the cryptocurrency mining piece, that's that's my primarily focused on on desktop, uh, desktop devices. And we're talking with with also the manufacturers of console devices to be able to uh, provide the mining piece also inside console app, console games. But uh, obviously for a PC or a console is much more capable of, much more effective in mining cryptocurrencies than a mobile device. So that's why it makes much more sense on a console or a PC device to mine cryptocurrencies while the game is running. And then uh, we use this generated value to reward gamers and also create a whole new revenue stream for game developers. And so, did that when you heard about that recent decision by some of the major app stores to 
not allow cryptocurrency mining in mobile apps. Did that come as a surprise to you or, or did you expect that? It doesn't come as a surprise. Of course, I, I wish that, um, I, I hope that they will create ways for, comp- for people to do that in the future. But I totally understand why they did it because um, at Monetizer, we are always, uh, everything that we do towards our customers, investors, partners, whoever, we are uh, supporting transparency and being honest in whatever you're doing. And uh, the main reason why they banned cryptocurrency mining is that some apps had been mining cryptocurrencies in the background without the user's consent. So the experience for the gamers and the users of those apps was degraded because they they were using, they were maximizing the, the cryptocurrency mining. So that ended up to the device becoming slower because all of the CPU was used for crypto mining. That also had a negative effect on the battery life, on the heat of the device. <laughs> so that created not a great experience for the users. So that's the main reason why they banned it. And I totally understand that. But I think if you can find a way to have everyone incentivized and, of course, doing it transparently, you can find a way how to to make this work also on mobile devices, I think. So you briefly mentioned previously the the three components of the game reward engine. So you have the wallet, the which is for gamers. Then you have the game optimizer, which is for game developers. And then you have the brand... Autopilot. Autopilot, which you hear. So this, uh, so you have these three product categories and tell me a little bit about each of these components of the ecosystem. Yeah, that's also a very good question. So what we realized is that um, having gone through these accelerators and having learned from the be- like basically the best people in the world how to launch products, how to achieve your business metrics, we understood that we we shouldn't try to do everything at the same time, which usually leads to nothing being done ever. <laughs> so that's why we divided these. Our off, so our product we divided into three categories, like you said: the, the monetizer wallet, brand autopilot, and game optimizer. We did it so that we can launch each of these sections one by one. So the monetizer wallet is the is the first one that is going live with the, the meeting of the tokens. That's going to be the part where, which will enable gamers to earn tokens for, for playing their, uh, their favorite games. And, uh, th- this is going to be all, all about uh, making the, the infrastructure level for games to use monetizer as a reward engine. So gamers will be able to earn tokens. And then the game optimizer is the part which, first of all, looks at, uh, th- the game optimizer is the, is the part for game developers. And that works together with the, the wallet piece. Because the game optimizer has this uh, component which will enable gamers to exchange coins from their wallet towards physical products in the real world, right inside the game. So that's, uh, as you know, this, this part is working already. We are actually the, one of the first solutions that is supporting, uh, that supports cryptocurrencies inside mobile games already. So this is like a, a marketplace, basically. Yeah, a marketplace inside a game, inside uh, multiple games, which uh, enables you, gamer, to to buy a game-related physical products inside the game. And that's uh, so that, that's the, that's what is already running inside all of our participating games. And with the launch of the, uh, the monetizer wallet we, uh, at the end of this year, we will upgrade 
this solution, uh, this existing technical solution to accept monetizer coins, monetizer tokens for, for all these products that we have already. And, um, and that is going to be the first step to providing like gamers with chance to use their tokens towards physical purchases. So in the current system that's implemented in games, what is being used as the currency to purchase these in-game rewards or, or with? Yeah, in the current version, we support US dollars. We support uh, also Bitcoin, Ether, Litecoin, and uh, Bitcoin Cash. Those, so these are the currencies that we currently support. And do users need to create an account with Monetizer in order to make the purchases? And, and how do you make that like a seamless experience uh, for the user? Like, Do they earn those uh, US dollars and, and crypto in the game or do they need to deposit it into their into the wallet in the marketplace in order to make the transaction? In the beginning, everything happens very seamlessly. So the gamers, uh, if they have an account with the game, so they don't need to create any extra accounts. That's already, that's a part of the MTZ wallet, the monetizer wallet that is coming, uh, as a, like a bundle for game developers with our SDK. SDK is the software development, stands for software development kit. That's like the technical, uh, piece of code that we give to game developers for, to implement. And all of this comes together with this SDK. It's packed inside so that gamers don't need to, they don't need to do any extra things or any extra actions in order to start earning tokens. Now, when they want to exchange those tokens towards physical products inside the game, that's okay. But at the point where they will want to either I don't know, exchange the tokens to to Bitcoin or Ether or other currencies or take these tokens across multiple games. That's the moment when they will have to register. But only only then. Until then, everything happens exactly the same how they already are doing it with with in-app currencies of today. But the problem is that with in-app currencies of today, you don't have this exchangeability towards anything real. It's only this currency only has value inside that particular game and uh that's that that's the thing that we are changing with monetizer is the mtz token that you're using in game the same token that you're offering during your sto no that is uh, we have a dual token structure and uh and why is because um so with the current uh situation in in the the fun, how, how do you how do companies normally fundraise for these kind of um crypto products is through utility tokens. But we we are a US-based company. We work with some of the top leading uh, game studios in the world. And we saw that that is just not a very, very legal way and very correct way how to do this fundraising process. Because you can't fundraise, you can't use a utility token as a fundraising vehicle. It just doesn't make sense. And it, uh, that's why also the regulatory bodies such as the SEC is coming after the companies that are misusing this system. So what we created, we, we wanted to raise money somehow. We, we would have done it anyways. So we created, we decided to do it the right way from the very beginning. So we are launching a security token offering, which means that the, the security tokens, they, they are linked with the companies backed by equity in the company. And by buying these security tokens, investors actually get a part of the company. They get dividends uh, that are paid based on the profit of the company. They get this secondary market uh, liquidity for from uh, security token exchanges. And now you know that, uh, for example, Coinbase is also becoming a security token exchange. So there's going to be a huge secondary market. And also in, once 
in the case, for example, our company, we sell our company to a huge player in a few years' time, then security token holders also benefit from that because they get they basically get uh, part of the deal because they own part of monetizer. And then the utility tokens, of course, they uh, they are true utility tokens. They are used inside the ecosystem. They are not used for speculative purposes. They are used to reward gamers and enable them to to take their game rewards from one game to another or exchange their game rewards towards physical uh, real life products. And so during the SEO, you're offering, you're, you're selling five, you're raising five million. Is that correct? So that's the pre-sale goal. Yes. For the, in the pre-sale, we're raising five million with the security token, monetizer security token. And then how much are you raising in the main sale? In the main sale, we're going to raise 15. So, uh, including all of the parts of the sale, that brings the total up to $21 million. And so five in the, and does the pre-sale have a discount? The, the pre-sale has a 15% bonus. And so how much combined, how, what percentage, uh, what valuation are you raising? So uh, the valuation, uh, I mean, it depends on the stage which you are participating in. For example, the, the, the pre-sale is, I think, at $25 million valuation. I'd have to double check the exact number, but I think it's 25, yeah. So you're selling. So what percentage of the company are you selling, Is assuming? So the, the total in the... Throughout the whole, all sales, uh, we're going to, we have tokenized 33% of the company's equity. So that's the total amount that we have currently tokenized. We want to tokenize all of the equity in the, in the future. But since we have, like, from our previous rounds, we have some investors who are more traditional and not yet ready to go into the token space. We didn't want to, like, try to, ed- push them and educate them and, uh, you know, get them to get them to make a decisions that they want to make at point. So we just uh, decided to offer them to, you know, they, they can have their equity for now while we think that uh, the security tokens are much better for investors as well. Because obviously investors can liquidate them much faster. There is much more opportunities to liquidate your investments if they're in security tokens versus equity. So that's about that. And um, question, yes, we have tokenized 33% of the company. We are selling it as a secu- as security tokens. And uh, the total in the last phase, the, 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 the valuation will be around $60 million if you do the math. And your company is based in the United States, is that correct? Yes, yes, we're based in Atlanta, Georgia. And what kind of security token offering are you doing? Is it like a reg... D or- it's a it's a reg D offering with 506C and then uh, we're doing a reg S for international investors. Oh so it'll be open to both so you're doing both a D and S. Yes, yes. Because we have a lot of interest not only from the US based investors but also from and Australian also Russian and other countries so we we decided that this would be the best option. And it's, uh, so with the Reg D, that's only open to the accredited investors? Yes, yes. Of course, the, we are following all the regulations in the United States. And then, uh, we're all like, we're using, in order to facilitate our token, uh, security token sale, we are using a partner called Securitize. So they, what we get with our collaboration with them is that we are compliant not only in the United States, but in all the jurisdictions which we take the money from which is something that many companies forget, even when they're doing the security tokens, they forget that they have to be compliant with the regulations 
in the country where you are soliciting from, not only in the country where you're registered in. So that's that's something to always keep in mind and not forget. So you're offering to investors in all of the different countries and uh, outside of those typical usual suspects uh, countries, which uh, usually are can't participate. Yes, 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 of course. I mean, uh, we are compliant with the, with like there's some, even uh, there are differences between what is considered an accredited investor in the United States versus UK versus the rest of Europe versus uh, Australia. There are like differences and legal differences. So that's why you need to make sure that uh, you comply with, with all those countries. Otherwise, you can't solicit from that country. And so that's what the service Securitize is providing there. They have a platform which do, do users need to register through their platform in order to participate? So it's a, it's a platform that is integrated with our website. So it's, a, it's basically, yeah, it's a platform which enables companies like ours to facilitate security token exchanges, not exchanges, but sales. And they take care of the, the compliance things. Of course, they work together with your legal team. I always suggest to get a very good, experienced legal team and legal advice, but uh, they are a great partner to have in this space. And you guys have members of your legal counsels, uh, Fisher and Broyles, is that right? Yes. I think they have, like, uh, the main attorney there is Michael Pearson. He is one of, I think, one of the most people in this space about securities and selling security tokens. So I'm happy that we're, he's our attorney. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. So Martin, tell me where people can learn more about Monetizer. So you can go to our website, which is monetizer.io. It's probably the best place where you can find all the necessary information. You can find links to our white paper, our customers, our investors, and all. reach out to us also through the website. You can, If you're a game developer or an investor or anyone, you can sign up and... Uh, and reach out to us and then we we will reach back out and then talk to you guys. Great. So my guest on the show today has been Martin Bertuskins, uh, COO of Monetizer.io. Martin, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Always happy to be here. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bounty Zero X podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast below. Check out BountyZeroX.io, the number one bounty hunting platform where you can complete work and earn cryptocurrency. Please consult your professional financial investment and tax advisors before making any investment in initial coin offerings. Bounty Zero X does not provide investment or financial advice and does not endorse or recommend investment in any ICOs advertised on the Bounty Zero X podcast or website.